get connected, feel like meet your future. Minnesota State Community and Technical College. Slightly less vocoded. No, it's not vocoded. It's, it's not vocoded at all. No, but there's like a little bit of like sort of auto-tune. chorus auto tune twinge to it. Eh. For those of you who are totally unfamiliar with what we just did, that was a dumb radio ad we have to hear all the time. A dumb radio and TV ad on Fox News Mm. in our neck of the woods Mm -hmm. for a local community college college that I attended. A network of community colleges, I suppose. Oh, at this stage, yeah. Yeah. They may have been independent at one point and then like conglomerated. Yeah. They were all the same. They were still MSCTC. Okay. Mm -hmm. As long as I've known about them it's okay it was just like mst and then just like keyboard mash i think the name was even longer than that before or was that the whole name msctc was the yeah the longest like, it was. let's just be m state it's way yes. easier quite because <laughs> i remember we used to, i used to drive past the their campus in my hometown and i would just look at the name it's like i'm not gonna bother reading that <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's m yeah, the, um, the tech college, as we called it. It's the tech college. That's what we called it. it the tech college. Morgan Freeman needs to narrate more of our lives. Morgan Freeman has stopped narrating 2020, and that's why everything's gone to crap. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Morgan, you had one job. Sustain the universe in its being. <laughs> Babies are born in a field of kittens. He just speaks. <laughs> um. Um. Yes. Um, yes. When he cried his first tear, he became old. That <laughs> 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 video. That, I've yet to watch Shawshank Redemption. It's so good. I don't know why I haven't. I think it's on Netflix. It's a, it's a long movie, though. Yeah, I think that's part of it. It's sure. like that. It's nearly three hours, I think. Forrest Gump is another movie where it's like so long. I was like, hmm. I, I want to watch this because I, you know, it's a classic. Shawshank is totally worth it. Though. Yeah, I imagine so. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I Forrest not, Gump I've, less so. Forrest Gump is a good time. Though. Yeah. I, if you've watched it, it's once, more of a pop culture icon than a classic, I suppose. Yeah, I, I have not seen Shawshank either, but I yeah, we'll have to make that a movie night. Yeah, we should make a point of that. Yeah, I, I, I'm ninety percent sure it's on Netflix right now, or at least it was last. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, but uh, that'd probably be well worth the watch, and probably an episode at some point. Oh yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like enough people know about Shawshank that we don't really need to cover it. Yeah. What? What? Well. I mean, I mean it's like on... we don't really need to cover Star Wars or Lord of the Rings because other people have done it and done it better than we have. But well, from our perspective, I mean, we did the whole MCU, and I'm sure other people have covered that. Yes, in a lot more detail. I'm sure. In fact, I know people did it in a lot more detail, which is kind of saying something considering how long those episodes were. But um, we were still figuring this thing out back then, I guess. And I just felt like talking about Star Wars for an hour. So <laughs> yeah. 
wasn't hard to do. I think our niche is more suited to more obscure media. But. Yeah. <laughs> like Wes Anderson movies. Like Wes Anderson and Edgar Wright films. Yep. Or 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 little indie games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or some of the more, I guess, maybe not indie games, but... But like more niche. The most, ne- the most meritorious of the bigger games, I suppose. Yes. Right. Because yes. most of them aren't really. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, some did. games are just like a gameplay experience, and there's not a whole lot more depth to them than mechanics and how you, you know... But other games, there's a bit more depth to them, and there's more we can get out of it. Oh, speaking of games, did you finish Dark Souls? I, I did finish Dark Souls today. Okay. Good. Yeah. I, I, what did I, you do? I lit the fire. You linked the fire. Okay. It's the thing that everyone had told me to do, and I did. And I, you, I, that's what I thought you would do. And I, I, re, I thought that the option would be, what do I do now that I've linked the fire? Not link the fire You are now immolated. You have died. Mm-hmm. Is that the ending you get? That's the ending you get. You, If you link the fire, you essentially do exactly what Gwyn did, which is uh-huh. link the fire to his own soul. So now the fire is linked to your soul instead of Gwyn's. So gotcha. it's feeding off of you instead of him now. So you're the one sustaining the world. You are the one sustaining... You essentially burn out. You are sustaining the age of fire, and you know that you will eventually burn out. But so, we're going to talk about Dark Souls next So Hollow next Knight <laughs> ending. Yes, this week, ho- hopefully this week we can get uh, James to suffer on the first boss a little bit so he can get a little bit of a perspective, aside mm. from having watched me play it and heard you At least like, like a general, like, sort of, um, like, uh, If you watch the opening cutscene, you will have as many hard facts as everyone else. Right. <laughs> because Everything else is speculation based on, like... Well, it's, like, oh. it's not told to you. You you, you can it. reasonably confidently assert that this thing happened uh-huh. based on what you see. And what, yeah, what occurs in the game world, I suppose. Yes, but mm-hmm. it's not like dumped on you mm-hmm. like other games do. But anyway, we're not talking about that. Nope. We're not talking we about that. We have not talked about it too much for the last like three weeks. No, <laughs> certainly not. No. We will give it a full proper do next week. Yeah. When it's my turn. <laughs> we shall dear. That we shall dear. Um... But we are... Um, I just like the game so much. <laughs> yeah. I, I like it too now. It's Nathan and Riley's jam. Um, Let's see if it gels with you. Remains if you have the seen. slightest bit of masochism in you, you're going to <laughs> love it. Uh, hmm. Or at least <laughs> just a high BS tolerance. Which, as we know, you don't. I Yeah, I, so, don't, I don't really. So it'll be fun to watch you play it a little bit at all um i have a i guess i'm not so much a masochist when it comes to games as much as i'm stubborn if you're stubborn dark souls can if you're sufficiently thing. stubborn you'll get madder like, at the game you will but. get yeah. mad you're just like i'm going to beat you out of pure spite yeah and that's where like two or three points we'll, we'll talk about that next yeah time. <laughs> <laughs> let's stop talking about dark souls uh-huh but it's so good it yeah. is <laughs> you guys are still going to be talking about it after we do our of course whole episode we will. on it. We'll probably well, compare things to Dark Souls because it's a good thing to compare things <laughs> we're to. Gonna, and I'm going to start explaining stuff to Nathan. That Is it he doesn't Dark know. Souls, nature's Dark Souls? <laughs> what do we say about true but unhelpful comments? <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, our roommate, raised the point that we haven't really talked about children's movies. 
but Yarn, I'm not really inclined. Movies, Beyond Fantastic Mr. Fox can be construed as a children's it's movie. It's a family it's, film. It's a family friendly film. Yeah. It's not yeah. a children's It's not really a children's film. movie. Um, we, this I'd, podcast is not for children. Yeah, I'm not really. No, the answer is like pretty. Yeah, pretty, maybe pretty not. firmly. Like, I mean, we might do some of the really good classic things, like yeah, the Lion King. That, yeah, that's or like I brought up Pixar, some of the Pixar films. There's some really good Pixar stuff out there. Um, but, like, but beyond that, like we're not gonna be going back and doing like you Beauty know, and the Beast. Yeah, nothing like that. As much as as much as I love that movie, it's like mm-hmm. really. I think we all need a little Stockholm Syndrome in our lives, right? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Stockholm Syndrome... Um, Hold on. It's not really Stockholm Syndrome. It's more like blackmail, but... Yeah, that's not really Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) He didn't fall... (laughs) (laughs) It'll be clear when we we get the episode rolling. Um, We're the Palladium Papists. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. And uh, today we are covering... The film Baby Driver, which I believe came out, what was it, two years ago? No, oh, it was a little more than that. A little more than like that, three three years ago. Maybe? maybe back. Th- I'll have to double check. But at any rate, um, Jamie, pull it up. It was uh, hold on. not you, Jamie. Oh, oh you like the Joe Rogan. Yeah, the Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't we don't have a producer besides me, just sort of glancing over to make sure the thing's still recording. Um, but yeah, it's the movie is directed by Edgar Wright, who's one of our favorite directors. Um, it's twenty seventeen. Uh, uh, twenty seventeen. Okay. Um, yes. So the film is about you have this guy um, in it, sort of this Atlanta crime movie, right? So you have this guy whose who's, um, crime name is Baby, sort of a youngish dude who is really, really slick behind the wheel of a car and he's a getaway driver for this criminal um i guess mob boss and um he as a kid his whole backstory as a kid he um his parents had a pretty rough relationship and they got into a car accident when he was a kid so now he has tinnitus with him in the back seat yeah with him in the back seat of the car so he has tinnitus with uh, which gives him a buzzing in his ears so he listens to music almost constantly to help him, you know, to try to cope with out. that. Um, so that's one of, uh, one of his tics. And um, he, when he was a kid, he just started, like, driving in circles around the cops, basically, and kind of ran off with one of the mob bosses, like, vehicles full of valuable stuff or whatever. So, um, and he got caught by the mob boss who was like, all right, well, you have to drive for me until... Well, didn't he, like, destroy like, it or something? He yeah, ran the, something ran the car, car into a, a river or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so... So all this valuable stuff was lost. Yeah. So he's like, down. well, you got to drive for me from now on to, until your debt's paid back. And so towards the start of the movie, we see Baby, um, who is using his, like, uh, cut of the of the, you know, robbery, bank robberies, jobs, and different things like that to pay back his debt so he's just wrapping up this debt with the mob boss dude and he's uh he's paid up and he's like all right one more job yeah he's got one more job and he's done as it were yeah um so he does the one more job it's it um doesn't go completely according to plan it's a little risky but he manages it he's like all right i'm done um, and so he tries to get an honest job as a pizza delivery man. He also takes care of uh, his foster dad, who's deaf, 
in a wheelchair. Um, and so who was trying to like encourage him to get out of the, you know, criminal underworld. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he's taking care of him and he also meets this, uh, you know, this nice waitress at a diner and, um, they start dating. Well, they discover that they have a mutual love of music. Yeah. Mutual love of music. That's the premise for the, for their meeting. Yeah. And that's important. Um, and so they sort of start developing a relationship and baby's starting to, you know, enjoy his life on the outside. But then the, uh, the mob boss dude is like, hold on a second. We're not done. Just because you were square doesn't mean you, you're done driving for me. So unless you want me to mess up your life and the life of that uh, girl of yours over there, um, you better keep driving for me. And so obviously baby's not too happy with that, but he's, you know, doesn't want to hurt the people he loves. So he goes back for a couple of jobs, but all the while he's kind of looking for a way out. Um, and so as time goes on, there's sort of over the course of like the, the big job they're planning or whatever, there's some tensions between him and some of the crew people who are suspicious that he's like not all there. Um, and all the while he's trying to keep this, he's trying to keep his you know girlfriend hidden from the other criminals and, you know, try to get out somehow. Um, and so as the film goes on, it culminates this one big job where um, baby sees an opportunity to like, you know, get out of it. And so he like screws over the other people on the job and gets away mostly on foot because of a whole bunch of shenanigans and stuff. But eventually um, two of the criminals die. One of, um, one of whom was like uh, sort of a, I don't know, a lady that one of the criminals had eloped with and they were sort of a couple. Um, so he's really not happy that, you know, his, his girlfriend his girl yeah. died because of, because of baby. So he like tracks him down and basically takes him and his, uh, I think his, uh, was it Kathy was his, uh, I forget who the name I of his girlfriend, I don't know. but, um, so there's sort of the showdown where they're trying to also, they're trying to escape the cops and this other criminal dude. Um, and they go to uh, they go to the mob boss for help, who is like at first he's like screw you dude you you wrecked my job, and now I have to go into hiding. But he kind of softens. He's like okay I was in love once. Get out of here. Grab a car. Something like that. Helps him out and ends up actually sacrificing his life. Sort of. Well, he ends up dying. He dies. Yeah. And uh, the the criminal guy tracks them down. Um, and they have sort of a battle because he used to be a getaway driver too. And they kind of have the similarity where they both really like, you know, music and driving cars and such. And so they have sort of this car duel for a little bit, um, until the, the bad guy dies. Um, and of course the whole city is a bl- uh, a buzz with cops looking for him. And so, um, they, him, a uh, baby and the girl get away for a bit, but then, you know, eventually they get stopped by the police um, and uh, baby ends up going to prison. But he gets, you know, a fairly positive um, prison sentence because um, several points along the way, he, he was like warning people to like, you know, stay away, like, you know, apologizing to people that he had to carjack to escape. Um, like, you know, give like giving a lady her baby back after he like jacked her car or whatever, like, you know, different little like acts of kindness in the midst of all the crime where people were like, you know, he's kind of a good guy. 
Um, and also like his foster dad is like he was forced into this situation. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit, but, um, but yeah, so he gets a favorable, favorable, um, sentence and when he gets out of jail, him and his girl can finally, um, enact their dream of going out of, or let's see, what was the little, the little line in the car they can't afford on a road with no plans or something like that. Just go driving down the road with a car I can't afford and a plan we don't have or something like that. Mm. Um, some 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 romantic schmuck like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's the general plot of the film. But some of the, some of the main merits of the movie, um, we'll get into. But what the one thing I I find kind of stands out about like Baby's characterization is that a lot of times when we see characters in films who are faced with like difficult or impossible situations, um sometimes they are they sort of succumb under the weight of like the bad circumstances that they're in um but baby in this instance um (laughs) whose real name is miles which is funny because he likes to drive um his whole deal is like you know he was forced into this bad situation through like you know a mistake he made when he was young but he's always been trying to like go straight and get out of it um he's been squirreling away his money for a long time so he can get out of town and you know, have a life free of, you know, like the crime world. Um, and so even though he's like, and he's constantly going out of his way to, you know, protect the people he loves, like his foster dad and, um, and like, you know, his, his girl and all that stuff. Yeah, so there, there was, there was one in the first chase scene, I think when there's a citizen with a, who's like a ex military or something. Yeah. And pick up with a gun mm-hmm. that one of his guys in the in the passenger seat was trying to shoot. Mm-hmm. Baby specifically maneuvers the car, so it's impossible for the, the guy, the to, get guy to get a clear shot. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, with the the, the baby in the back seat of the car, they yeah. jack. He does little things to protect the innocent, and some of the more hardcore criminals are like suspicious of him because of it. Yeah. And then there was like one bank teller when he was casing out a joint that he's like, uh, "By the way, you may not want to come in here tomorrow." Just mm-hmm. saying. And then he sees her as she's like going into work and she recognizes him and wave, waves and he's like, no, like get out. <laughs> um, but uh, little things like that. So he's constantly doing what he can in like a very tough situation to do what's right to the best of his ability. Um, yeah. Another thing that's great uh, with, as with all Edgar Wright films is just how like snappily edited the film go is it's, it's really well paced and music is like very like, deeply embedded in like the dna of this film yeah it's not only integral to uh baby's character and his mm-hmm. relationship with deborah mm-hmm. the the girlfriend waitress but also it's like integral to all the action scenes he like yeah. times his getaways to music he like there's one point in the movie where the his partners in the crime are about to leave and he's like no he backs up the he song the song to start from and the then beginning. he says go <laughs> yeah Little yeah. things and like the whole that. intro scene is mm-hmm. basically timed out to this song yeah. that the film rolls in with. Most of the action sequences are yeah, timed pretty out much to music. all of them. And like the one where they're hitting to, the post office, I think. To the point where like sometimes when they're like shooting guns and stuff, they'll like pause the, in the firing to like go along with the syncopated drum mm-hmm. beats. Yeah, the, like, yeah, the bursts are to the beat of the music, and it's it's really. It's really a lot of fun to watch. One of my favorites was the opening credit scene where he's walking to and from the coffee shop mm-hmm. when the, the oh, yeah. guys are having a meeting. It's like a long and it's tracking shot. It's all one shot. continuous shot of him walking. 
And as he walks past like street art and graffiti and mm-hmm. stuff, the graffiti is the lyrics to the song that is playing in like the background. Like random little places, yeah. And it's really, really tightly put together. It goes um, like, it, I think it kind of goes across like center frame, right? Is like, you know, it hits that part of the song, which is kind of so funny. Like so perfectly choreographed and timed. So out. you're just naturally reading the One word. One long shot. And mm-hmm. it's, really delightful it's like a tracking walking down the street with stuff going on shot that's kind of reminiscent of like Shaun of the dead yeah that, where he's walking to walk into the appliance the store, store for work or yeah. the corner store as he goes to work yeah um so very very edgar wright in that respect but. yeah um yeah there is um and the music choices are you know pretty good yeah. um <laughs> i guess edgar wright's always been kind of a music guy like um, another one, another movie is, um, like, um, oh crap. Um, world's in Mike or Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Ah, yes. yeah. Saves the world versus, versus, the, versus world. the world. Okay. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Also. He doesn't save anything in. but himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Barely. Um, that's another film, um, that, it, yeah, he really incorporates it, music, but, um, so it's already part of his style. He mm-hmm. just. Made a movie. He really went all in on this one yeah. idea that he had kind of used had in for some years. of his other films. Well, he he said like this this movie is one he wanted to make for for a long time, mm-hmm. um, and it's yeah, it's kind of a honestly like one of the best of the movies he's made that I've seen. I think it's easily the best. Movie yeah, he's made. yeah, I think so. The other ones like sort of blend together in terms of yeah the, i mean well they're the all lighthearted comedy yeah Shaun of the dead hot fuzz world's end world's end like the one Th- with simon three. Pegg and nick frost like those ones are i mean the fact that simon Pegg is in every one of them yeah <laughs> and Piers morgan this is, is one of the only ones that simon Pegg isn't in that we've seen um and then scott pilgrim was already based on a comic book so stylistically right. it adhered more to the original art so mm-hmm. It, it, that one kind of stood apart as being weird and different. Yeah, but. because the source of material was weird and different. Exactly. Yeah. Um. There's some some um moments that are kind of cool. Is uh, well, because he likes music so much, he also like records people saying things and makes like his own little mixtapes mix out, out of it. Out of it. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of a a plot point where he's because like, "Wait a minute, this guy's got a recording us? device. What's this all about?" He's like, I make mixtapes. He's like, that's a really dumb excuse. And then they go. They pop it in and listen to it. They raid his house, take all these mixtapes back with them, and then they pop it in the the track. And it's like, oh, it actually is. Now we feel dumb. (laughs) Mixtapes. They're kind of questioning his loyalty and suspicious of him. Because at the time, there's like some tension to that, too, because he's like trying to figure out a way out. And they can kind of sense that in him, but they can't really find any dirt on him. Um, One of the. Oh, what's the name of the actor who played kind of the crazy... Um, Jamie Foxx? Jamie Foxx, yeah. Uh, Terry Crews, I mean Jamie Foxx? Yeah. Yeah, Jamie Foxx. Um, J- gangster Terry Crews? Yeah. He's kind of this wild card character um, who's like, you know, very like fully committed to like being a crazy criminal. And he's suspicious he's of very, people. Very like unstable kind of guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. very violent. And so he sort of clashes with baby sometimes, who's you know trying to protect the innocent. Where he, like he was the guy trying to shoot the the guy the army guy mm-hmm. in the pickup truck. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he um and uh, I think at one at one point they're supposed to meet like these people to get weapons for a job or whatever, and then he and he he could tell they were cops. Yeah, but they were cops under the control of the mob boss, and mm-hmm. so when uh, Bats Jamie Fox character. 
uh, shot them all up, the mob boss was mad at him because, mm-hmm. hey, those are my cops. Yep, and guess uh, those are the guys who end up coming for him and killing him at the end. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, overall, really well done film. Really well shot. Really well, well edited. It's it's a it's on yeah it's it's arguably a, a one lot of, my... of it strength lies in like the technical yeah film aspects of it but it backs it up with a really compelling story yeah with, with some really solid characters yeah it's it's fairly seamless um a few other things I like is like um, Edgar Wright likes to have characters who have like idiosyncrasies that are consistent throughout the film like um baby his his deal well his deal is. He, his mom was a waitress at the same diner he likes to eat at, and that's where he meets, you know, this, the girl. Um, um, and he's got like a... Debra. Debra. Debra, that's who it is, yeah. Yeah, the whole, the whole point they, is they, they bond over the lack of songs with the name Debra in it, but they mm-hmm. both come up with one Baby is like almost all the songs in the world have that in there. He, he, he reminds me of my brother Isaac a little bit, actually. <laughs> Shout out to you who isn't listening to the podcast. I don't think mm-hmm. you should be. Why am I no. telling you here? <laughs> one of the, I think one of the, the fun things about Baby is that he wears sunglasses everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's and got, so, like, secret stockpiles yeah, of he's sunglasses. Got, like, so one of the criminals is, like... Up in his face. Up in his face, like, yeah, this kid, you know. Swipes he doesn't talk. He's just sitting here doing his thing. So he like, steals the sunglasses, turns around, Baby <laughs> pulls out another one, <laughs> slaps it on, and keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> so every time he turns around, he's got another pair of sunglasses, no. so he keeps putting them back on, <laughs> just kind of nonchalantly. He, he's kind of like, you know, straight face and doesn't really emote very much. Mm-hmm. Um, tries, you know, he's got a decent poker face and... Um, but yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> there's this one other scene where he's like, you know, like playing piano on the table, just like mm-hmm. playing out the fingerings. But, uh, and one of the other criminals like accuses him of not paying attention. And mm-hmm. then the mob boss is like, well, and, and he like, repeats the plan verbatim. repeats the plan word for word because in the same rhythm tempo that the mob boss was explaining it because mm-hmm. he had his headphones in and was listening to something this whole time yeah but, but living with a deaf guy lips. and having tinnitus he became a really great lip reader mm-hmm. yeah because another thing too with the filmmaking aspect comes in is like all we hear is the music and we can't really hear it's kind of muffled like what the people are talking about until like they're like hey baby what what do you know what the plan is and he's and then he repeats it back the whole time um I need four pairs of ears and three sets. No, four sets of eyes and three pairs of ears. <laughs> um, yeah. A uh, interesting sort of kind of an not really nemesis, but sort of antagonist is like the guy. I forget what his name was. Um, him, guy? The, the guy who like the guy and the girl. What was the guy's mm. name? They have like their their criminal cult code names or whatever, and it was like, too like Bonnie and Clyde or something. Yeah, not 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 those not exactly quite like that, but it was a similar sort of thing. similar sort of thing. I forget what um, they called themselves. He, he sort of becomes an antagonist towards yeah. the other. He's almost he was an, one of those guys who was like on Baby's side the whole time. In yeah, the start. he's like the one who kind of understood him. Yeah, but because they the had a lot in common. They both loved music. They both liked, they bonded over Queen. I think. Yeah. They, they're like, what's your song that, like, you know, gets you going? Like, you know, your song, you know, you could just drive super fast and you're in the zone, that type of thing. 
and like they're bonding over that type of stuff and but by the I end think, of the movie he kind of becomes an anti-baby mm-hmm. almost yeah like a like a, a dark twisted reflection of what he could be if he mm-hmm. had stuck around for too long because um we sort of get an idea that he was you know he sort of left an honest life behind or semi-honest like he uh he was like this wall apparently a wall street guy who ran off and like abandoned his family and stuff and so he's sort of like the mirror opposite of baby that way and that he's abandoning the people he, he you know he was supposed to love and then pursuing a life of crime where his baby's trying to get out um but yeah but they have those things in common so they make an interesting like sort of uh what's what's like the literary term for like your your shadow or whatever um uh, anti-hero uh, anti-hero yeah uh, not, not no, really. no 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 well, no, 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 no not like that thematic parallel yeah thematic parallel stuff like that like um the foil as it were i'm, I'm forgetting yeah. the term yeah but uh or it might be shadow i forget it's I don't where it's like i'm like you but bad <laughs> like shadow the hedgehog <laughs> they have to go fast out of the edge yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um anyway excellent yeah um, I guess what are some other noble features of the film? Um, and Nathan, you, you kind of know a little more about this than I do, but some of the music choices I keep points well, in the movie were... Uh, I, didn't, I didn't recognize all of them, but one of my favorites was a song called Hocus Pocus mm-hmm. by a band called Focus. And it's so weird. It's like a rock jam session where mm-hmm. a guy yodels in the middle and they have a flute solo. It is so nuts as a song. And sort of time and action scene to it with mm-hmm. all the breakdowns of the yodeling and flute, like being the calmer moments of the fight before the, the uh, electric guitar jam session comes back in. Mm-hmm. So fun. So yeah. a little bit goofy, but so fun. And uh, so, and then, then there were a couple other ones, like the Queen song they were talking about at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. was playing in the background of the final confrontation between them, mm-hmm. between Baby and the, the other guy who we collectively forget the name of. Yeah. But it kind of represented that uh, that relationship they had and that parallelism they have. Mm-hmm. So there was some really effective and kind of funny choices of music sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many songs with the word baby in it. Yeah. And so there, there will be times where he's in a situation and the perfect song to ironically talk about that situation comes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> Yeah, and some of the fun moments are where he's like um, doing sign language with like his uh, foster dad in their house, and uh, is it, but he's deaf, but then he can kind he of could still like read his body language mm-hmm. and and feel like, like the, the vibrations of the speakers and music he's blasting. He's yeah, like he's like dancing. And he's like, "Who's the girl?" Who's the girl? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and he's a uh, generally like a um, initially he took care of. Um, baby after his parents died but then you know over time as baby got older he came to take care of him another good deed that he does is like in the midst of being chased down by the cops and these criminals that want to kill him he manages to take his foster dad and put him you know in a nursing home where he can be taken care of and safe from all the danger mm-hmm. so that's kind of a cool thing another i guess testament to his good character is at one point like you know it starts out where like um the gal who or deborah yeah she is like you know she's at first kind of unaware of like um you know what he does for work exactly like he's a driver that's all he really tells her 
Um, but as she gets a more and more of an idea, she's kind of more and more committed to help him get out of that. Um, and runs, you know, tries to go on the run with him. And actually, um, it's interesting because it, when the police show up and they get cornered, mm-hmm. she tries to turn around and, you know, run away from the police again. Uh-huh. But Baby makes the decision to, to turn himself in. Yeah. I think that's the point where had they turned turn and run away together, they could have become the the criminal couple we mm-hmm. met earlier in the film. Yeah. But Baby makes the right, non-honest decision to turn himself in and set things Face right. the music, yeah, as it were. <laughs> yeah, so you could put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the ending, too, where, like, they, um, when he gets out of prison, they ride off into the sunset in, like, this 1950s-style car. Yeah. yeah, with 1950s-style music and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Just kind of... But it was uh, an interesting lead-up to that because... You know, you were totally not expecting to get slapped with him going to prison. Mm-hmm. Right. Which was, uh, I think, would have been a more fitting way to end the movie. But it was still a satisfying end. Yeah. And during the, the court case, when they bring up all the little side characters that he mm-hmm. had a meaningful one-on-one interaction with earlier in the film and did something to help them or save them from what he was doing, mm-hmm. it, it gave you this impression of the character that... Mm-hmm. that kind of covered the whole movie and how consistent he was in his morals and his mm-hmm. his desire to do good and get out and kind of over the course of um over the course of the um like the final you know come up and says it were the um all the people who are like threatening him before are dead <laughs> so like he manages to escape the criminal world and finally start his new life by you know instead of running away from the consequences um, facing the and music. And indeed having to continue running for the rest of his life. Yeah. Right. He's like, he's still committed to the idea of like, you know, going straight that, um, and starting a life for himself where he's in control, where he, he's, you know, he's willing to, you know, make that sacrifice and mm-hmm. spend the time behind bars to accomplish that. So that's, that's pretty cool. Really well, well-written character. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess we could probably do our little analysis. Our bit. transcendentals. Our transcendentals. Transcendental time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pizza time. <laughs> um, yes. So truth. Um, well, I guess there's sort of an element of, um, not really the truth will set you free in this, but like owning up to like being accountable for your mistakes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's like one of the and accepting the, the consequences yeah. for your mistakes yeah because I'll, you sort of get the impression that you know when he was a little a, a kid stealing cars and you know driving like crazy all over mm-hmm. the place he's sort of running away from his past and his difficult childhood um but then and but uh but over time he has sort of you know faces the consequences of his actions to in the end go to the right and like we're um let's see also, like, you know, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword as, like, all the, these criminal people who are, like, violent and killing cops and, you know, have very little regard for human life. Um, like the one crazy guy played by Jamie Foxx. Um, they um, they all kind of meet their demise, you know, by the life they would lived. Um, sort of a interesting and, character, too, is, like, the mob boss. 
He kind of reminds me a bit, I don't know if you guys have seen The Departed, but like Jack Nicholson's character, he's also like another sort of mafia type. I but like, yet seen Departed. Um, it's I don't know that you can really classify him as like a mob boss. What do you mean? Because he's like, not, he, well, he doesn't like run, he's not part of an organization. He's true, He's sort yeah. of independent. Yeah, he's he's more of a crime boss, I guess would be yeah. a better a yeah. better thing to say. He kind of has connections he has people, he organizes people but he he sort of gets other independent people to do jobs for him so i mean uh, you know it's not like he's involved in some deep-seated right he just Gotham has like City his own like thing. He's network kind of, he's sort of yeah he's sort he's, of a, he's just a guy uh, that knows is, people it's kind of important because mm-hmm. he would you know yeah he's not get hunted type. down by the rest of anyone yeah. else who worked for him if that were the mm-hmm. case He's yeah. He's sort of a. In fact, I think he said he made it a point boss. of never cr- using the same team twice. Yeah. The only thing. Possibly he, more out of superstition than anything. Yeah, because he has. Because um, he mentions that like babies got to be his, his lucky his driver because he's pulled every, off every job that, that he's been involved in. Yep. Um. <laughs> in this movie, Kevin Spacey was typecast as a criminal. Um. <laughs> Said get that out of the way, mm-hmm. off my chest. But um, yeah, uh, where was I going? Oh yeah, it's kind of similar to like um, Jack Nicholson and, and like his character. In that movie, he takes like this kid, basically sort of lures him into this you know criminal world and kind of makes him like a tool. But it turns out differently for that character uh-huh. in that movie. But it's sort of what it reminded me of. Um, De- Departs is another good movie to watch that i think we have it on dvd in here somewhere but hmm. um yeah let's see what's another truth elements in there um i think uh baby's ability to not let the bad situation dictate him mm-hmm. right he has yeah. to deal with the situation he's in but he won't he, he, won't he, be he stays true it. to his morals he mm-hmm. doesn't let that he doesn't compensate his his Compromise. beliefs his, yeah. his moral compass because that's that's a good lesson for all of us too I think because sometimes we feel like when there's stressful situations or really difficult situations we sort of Th- give there's ourselves. only so much you can do in certain situations right but you can do it in a way that aligns mm-hmm. with like make the, the truth make truth. the most of it because it's easy to like you know make excuses for ourselves and then you know like slowly spiral into the people we're surrounded with downward mm-hmm. spiral downward, downward spiral downward, downward spiral. spiral yeah which you know there are instances where things are genuinely not your fault and you know don't you, you know it's kind of a it's kind of a fine line to walk but you know no matter what you know do your best in difficult situations to you know be a moral person um because that's in the end all you can control is you mm-hmm. um so that's one of the truth i think is really carried out in this in the in the film um let's see i guess goodness kind of a similar thing right um, where, where baby's relationship with his foster dad mm-hmm. the way he tries to protect his girlfriend the way he tries to protect everyone around him that ha- gets involved through happenstance mm-hmm. it's him his good actions that save him in the end mm-hmm. uh or because like he sort sentence. of teeters on the edge where like in the movie all he does is drive like he doesn't use guns or anything like that but at the end he ends up like you know picking up a gun to use it against this guy who's threatening you know his, uh, Deborah that doesn't that is isn't how he ends up dying no uh, he drives off a cliff or off, or off, a, off a parking, parking garage yeah. like upper story yeah um, 
but he's sort of te- like he's sort of on the verge of like snapping, but he manages to right. Like, he he makes the decision to stop the car and turn himself in, mm-hmm. which is like the no, I'm I, the I final do like this straight. Um, the sort of the climax of the his character conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, beauty. There's a lot of elements like we talked about. It's a very well composed film all oh, around. Yeah. The, the the shots, the mm-hmm. editing, the music choices, the, pacing. the weight, all really excellent. The action done. sequences, the dialogue is pretty good. There's some funny little character moments, like the one guy who's kind of the dumb criminal <laughs> in one of the jobs he's in. He's like... Um, the Michael t- Myers masks. <laughs> yeah, the Mike Myers Halloween. He's like... <laughs> and he gets, and he gets he, the Austin Powers... He gets Austin Powers masks. <laughs> Austin well, Powers Halloween masks. I put the Asian in Home Invasion. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Uh, he, um, he, that character has sort of a sad ending, but I love the little bit where they're looking back. It's like, what are these? He said to get the Mike Myers from, from Halloween costumes. Like, this isn't Michael Myers. This is Austin Powers. Yeah, Michael Myers. <laughs> What? Oh, no. you, you mean the guy from Friday the 13th? No. <laughs> <laughs> Little things like that. Um, oh, what's another one? Uh, that's that's one of the biggest. There's a com- lot of great characters mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. I think Edgar Wright does a good job with like character mm-hmm. and making the characters fun and interesting and likable on some level or like understandable at some level. Mm-hmm. So I think like the the way the characters are handled, there's always every character has one little moment where they at least one moment where they shine. And he right. always resolves things he introduces in the first act. Oh yes, he ties up every string. In this movie, it was the the various witnesses. I feel like and mm-hmm. the, the some of the remixes came back. Yeah, in, in interesting ways. Yeah, uh, that that the guy made. Yeah. Um. And also like the mixtape with his mom, he's sort of protective. Yeah, that like was... his mom was also a singer, and so he has. It wasn't a mixtape; it was like a tape recording of like uh, his mom singing. Because at song. the end of the movie, there's only he he has the opportunity to save one of his tapes that he made, and that's mm-hmm. the one he saves, and that's yep. the one we hadn't heard for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. You sort of see it like in the in the stack of the other ones, but it's not really has attention drawn to it per se. Oh. One, and one other thing I, I I remembered is that toward the end of the movie, he gets like a gunshot near his ears. Oh, so yeah. He, He's like at, temporarily deaf. I felt like the impression I got is that it was more permanent than that. Yeah. That he that he kind of lost a something lot, he like valued. A good, a, a good portion of his hearing. Yeah. You know? I mean, he could still hear at the end, but he was. I felt like the way the the audio was mixed at the end of the movie... Like he had lost a lot more hearing, mm-hmm. which was was to me like a, a major sacrifice to his character for how much he loved music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And even if it was temporary, that that's that small. But he, portion he of like the his film. foster dad can like put his hand on the speaker and hear the you know kind of feel the music, mm-hmm. which is kind of a neat thing. Because, yeah, I think it's kind of muffled for him, but then he puts his hand on the speaker. And, and then it like, clears up. So yeah. really good audio mixing. Yeah, really good, too. like, audio storytelling, too. Cause oh, yeah. it's easy enough. It's It can be easy enough to tell the story with, like, you know, the shots and the visual, but then also supplementing that with the music and, the um, and like, different audio editing, things like that are really cool. Um, yeah. Um, then the action scenes are well well choreographed, well well mm-hmm. shot, and 
just well pulled very good, off, very good well acting together by everyone involved oh, yeah. um the uh then unity i guess is just like how <laughs> we say cohesion every week when we talk about unity but i mean seriously this film is very like tightly it is, knit it is knit around the musical element yeah there's not really a whole lot of axis of its cohesion it knows every, exactly what it wants to do and it does it really well every scene serves the you know it there's not really any dead weight in this movie every scene sort of contributes to the overall story <laughs> even the part where he's watching monsters inc yeah like uh it's like flipping through channels absent-mindedly mm-hmm. and like all those channels like have something meaningful in them um yeah there's monsters inc at one point there was another he, he quotes and he's like you and i are a team nothing's more important than our friendship and he's like stop quoting monsters inc to me <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so he says that to like the crime boss guy at some point <laughs> just kind so of funny, funny. <laughs> He's he's trying to prove his loyalty, little things like that. Oh yeah, another funny little. This isn't really on the Unity track, but another little moment where like, um, the the boss takes baby to like case out this uh, place where they're gonna see like the money orders or whatever in the final in the post office. Post office, mm-hmm. and so he's like he brings yeah. his nephew with him, mm-hmm. <laughs> who seems you know like this ten year old or whatever who's like not really paying attention. But then like as they go in, baby's like trying to case out the place. And, and the, the kid, kid's already got it. Yeah, the kid looks up from his video game, is, and then he like lists off where all the cameras are, the employees and the security guards and stuff to him. And he's like, "Thanks, ah, uh, thanks." <laughs> and that was actually that character was actually kind of another interesting little parallel to to Baby's situation because mm-hmm. this is a kid, yeah, in the midst of this criminal organization, yeah, or crime whatever, and he's already really good being, at what he does, being corrupted by his uncle, right, and so. You can see he's on a similar trajectory as Baby is. Mm-hmm. So really just like this interesting little parallel moment and kind of bond that the two have for like a little, that little scene they're in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that, that was interesting and stood out to me too. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I guess any other key elements? It's, it's got some depth to it the movie overall but it's not like it's not something you need to watch three or four times for the most part out of it right it's, it may be two but for the most yeah. part what you see in here is what you get yeah and what you see in here is you really well put together in mm-hmm. the flashbacks you kind of piece it together yeah pretty easily yeah it doesn't require multiple rewatchings it's just that much fun it's not to like watch. dark souls where yeah. you have to play it 500 times to understand so like, it to yeah, understand yeah. any of the plot at all mm-hmm. or have a, a friend on a wikipedia <laughs> i know i did that on purpose look at the unity of this episode it's very <laughs> cohesive we already talked about it it's music mm-hmm. we're done yeah yes yeah well well um trying to think of a good outro to the episode but i'm not as inspired as i've been for closing recently but you haven't gotten that sweet sweet inspiration yeah sweet sweet inspiration (laughs) (laughs) if you want some sweet sweet inspiration you should listen to the rest of our episodes listen to the rest of our episodes where can we find them you can find them on stitcher google play Apple Podcasts and Spotify, which is most of our two listeners tend to listen. 
on. Where, in fact, all two of our two <laughs> listeners <laughs> listen. Yep. Um, no, which we appreciate. We lost such a sad, uh, big, big, big cry. Wah, wah. But yeah. thank you to those who stick around, the faithful too. Who stick around, <laughs> faithful too. <laughs> faithful <laughs> to <laughs> the proud. <laughs> uh, Th- they'll get it when they hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, follow us at Palapapus on Facebook, Twitter. Send us an email, palapapus at gmail.com. Thing to say, suggestions, comments, whatever. Complaints. Complaints. Um, give us a reason why you left us, you cool person. <laughs> and uh, at least tell me why. Uh, if he's left, you won't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, until next week, uh, we played in papers. Um, yeah, we'll catch you on the next episode. Later. Bye. Bye. Peace.